The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast and our All 32 series, the series where we catch you up with insiders to give you the information that you need for every single NFL team. I'm Katie Mox, and today we'll be talking about the Cincinnati Bengals with who else but John Breach, super friend of the podcast and writer for CBSSports.com, Bengals insider. Uh, Breachy, how are we doing? Katie, I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure if I'm more excited to be talking about the Bengals today or the fact that I think this is our first one-on-one podcast. We dumped Brinson. There's no Wilson. (laughs) Finally, we can have some real conversation. It's about time. It's about time. Yeah, Brinson is on his apology tour right now uh, doing some radio hits to talk about his quarterback tears, which we have a good laugh about in our uh, group chat, don't we? Absolutely. But you know what? I can't rip him too bad because he had Joe Burrow in his top tier. And that's really, I've read that, stopped reading. That's all I needed to know. All right. Well, then let's just get into it right now, Breach. Uh, Joe Burrow, he recently said that he is done talking about contract negotiations, but there still isn't one that's happened yet. Of course, he is up for a mega, mega deal. Should there be any cause for concern or how do you feel about this? Zero percent there should be cause for concern. This is not going to be an issue. I know the Bengals have this reputation for being stingy, for being cheapskates. But let me just tell you, there is one position that Cincinnati Bengals take care of. It is at quarterback. Uh, when they had Carson Palmer in the early 2000s, they made him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. They didn't think twice about it. They gave Andy Dalton a huge crunch. Andy Dalton! And of course, look, everybody knows Joe Burrow is a tier one quarterback. They're going to give him whatever he wants. So this, I, I don't think there is any concern here. I do think a deal will probably get done before the season starts so that means you got a good month and a half to kind of negotiate and we'll see it's going to boil down to what joe burrow wants does he want to be the highest paid player by five million dollars if he wants it, i think the Bengals would do it or does he want to go this kind of tom brady route and take just slightly under market value and let them build around the rest of the roster and burrow you know he's kind of hinted at possibly doing that so I think it's going to be a mystery what this contract looks like. Is he going to blow everything out of the water or is he going to say, you know what? I want to keep the Super Bowl window open for the next 10 years. He seems like a guy to me that would want to keep the open, uh, the the Super Bowl opening open for the next 10 years, but uh, we'll see. He doesn't seem like the type that wants to be the highest paid. Well, and I'll throw in real quick, Katie. Look, we saw the, uh, the, the party 4th of July weekend, the fanatics owner that Michael Rubin, I think was his name. Uh, Well, you know who was there? Tom Brady, 
Joe Burrow. So I'm sure Joe Burrow, they're in a couple pictures together. He was probably talking to Tom a little bit like, hey, man, those six Super Bowl rings, how do I get those? And Tom's like, do the discount, man. Do the discount. So uh, if you're a Bengals fan, you love seeing Tom Brady and Joe Burrow talking. Yes, absolutely. And look, you can see on this graphic right here, Joe Burrow has the most quarterback wins uh, for a first three season at five. He's already overcome adversity, right? He had tearing the ACL, then he comes back, gets to a Super Bowl. He's the only quarterback to beat Patrick Mahomes three times. To say that he's been extremely productive would be the understatement of this century. Like, how high is the ceiling for Burrow in year four? Uh, you know what's crazy is that this is my talking point from like two months ago, and and, and Brinson just kind of stole it and made it his own. But this <laughs> really feels like this could be Joe Burrow's true coming out season. This is a guy that yeah. has already led his team to two AFC title games and a Super Bowl. I mean, we're talking about you look at his rookie year. He had to deal with the COVID offseason, so they didn't really get to practice. You don't get to learn the playbook as much as you'd like. There were just all these restrictions in place. You look at his second year, his offseason was ruined because he was rehabbing from his ACL injury. You look at his third year, offseason ruined because his appendix decided to blow up in his body. He had to get the appendicitis. Uh, And so now, finally, there's no ACL to worry about. His appendix is working. Uh, There's no pandemic. And he gets a normal offseason for once. So he's going to go into the season week one, week two, week three. Uh, I think he's going to look a lot better early in the season than he has the past three years. And then as long as he continues to stay hot, because he seems to get better during the second half of the season, uh, man, he could put up some huge numbers this year. Well, speaking of, he is the second favorite behind only Patrick Mahomes for the league MVP at plus 750. His yards prop is 4,425 and a half. Could this be the year that he breaks through that 5,000 yard plateau? Yeah, I think what the Bengals love to do, obviously, when you have the weapons that they have is throw the ball. Look, you want to put the ball in the air early and often. And, and you know, when you look at Joe Burrow's numbers, I think it is kind of surprising. Uh, people may say, hey, look, Joe Burrow has never thrown for even 4,700 yards. He threw for yeah. uh, 46-11 in 2021. He threw for 44-75 last season. But that was in 16 games, so... You know, maybe you give him that 17th game where he throws for 280 yards and then he ends up, you know, almost at 4,800. Uh, but yeah, he's never really gotten close to that number. I, I think that 5,000 is, uh, you know, you see Patrick Mahomes do that and the Chiefs don't really have a ground game. The Bengals do like to run the ball. You know, they have Joe Mixon. Uh, you like to not have Joe Burrow get killed in every play, but I think with the improved offensive line that we'll see Burrow pass more. And so I'll take the over. Take the over. Yeah. 4,425 and a half. So maybe not 5,000, but the over on his passing yards and look, Burrow was amazing. We could talk about him all day long, but you know what they say? A quarterback can only really go as far as his protect protect uh, protection, excuse me, will take him. So the O-line has been a sore spot for the Bengals for the past couple of years, 2021 gave up what 55 sacks last year, a little bit better, 44 sacks enter Orlando Brown jr. Four year deal, $64 million. How improved do you expect this O-line to be? Cause that's really going to affect a lot of Joe Burrow's production as well. Yeah. The O-line is everything. I mean, we saw Burrow running for his life, Really, uh, his first year, kind of his second year, and things did get better last year, but they still weren't great. I mean, we saw him struggle uh, really in the playoffs is when the offense 
tends to struggle a little bit more because the competition's a little bit better. And so you look at this offensive line, though. This is the best one that Joe Burrow is going to be playing yes. behind since he's been there. I mean, obviously, the signing of Orlando Brown, putting him at left tackle, that's such a huge upgrade over what they've had at that position. Uh, and I think the big question mark, obviously, is Jonah Williams. He was the left tackle yes. last year. They're saying, hey, Jonah, forget the trade demands. You're not going to go to a better team. So this is the best team you're going to play for who wants you. And we need you to play a right tackle, buddy. And so the question is, can Jonah Williams move over and make the jump the right tackle without slipping? So we've heard offensive linemen say how difficult it is to make that transition. So there's no guarantee Jonah Williams is moving to right tackle and be successful. But if Jonah Williams plays well at right tackle, man, this line is going to be dirty. I mean, this this is going to be a line. It's going to be tough to get to Joe Burrow. Uh, because they won't really have a weak spot if Jonah Williams looks good at right tackle. I mean, it's tough to get to Joe Burrow, plus the tree of pass catchers that you guys have. I don't know. Maybe he can get over 5,000 yards uh, this year. That was going to be my next question. Obviously, Jonah Williams has not played right tackle, I believe, since his freshman year at Bama. Uh, so we'll have to see how that works out. Now, moving on to defense, Miles Murphy, I believe 28th overall in the draft at, at edge out of Clemson. What impact do you think that he's going to have this season? He's plus 3,000 to win uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. At plus 3,000, I might, you know, do the old sprinkle of uh, 2 or $3. Nothing big, though, because I don't think he really has a chance to win it. I think what the Bengals really did this year in the draft is they drafted guys for the future. And obviously, that's what everyone does in the draft. But we're talking – probably two years down the road. When you look at someone like Miles Murphy uh, and you look at who the Bengals already have in their defensive front, they have San Hubbard, they have uh, Trey Hendrickson. So Miles Murphy, I think, is obviously going to get playing time, but he's not going to have to be a star player for this defense to be good. He can go in there, yeah. uh, you relieve Hendrickson, you relieve Hubbard, you, you relieve whoever you need to on those defensive end spots, let him get some playing time, and then you hope by year two he is thriving uh, when a few of these other contracts expire. And, and that's kind of what they did in the whole the entire draft. I mean, you look at the cornerback spot with DJ Turner. They have Cam Taylor Britt there. They have Chidibo Wouzier there. So they say, all right, look, DJ, we love you. You're fast. I think you were the fastest guy at the Combine. We're going to get you on the playing field this year, but we want you to maybe be a starter in year two, year three. You don't need to worry about that this year. And even the third-round pick, Jordan Battle, also a defensive guy, same thing. Jordan, we don't need you to start this year. We've got Dax Hill. We've got uh, uh, Nick Scott. Uh, so, you know, you'll come in. You'll play some. But we don't need you to be a starter right now. So I think with their top three picks, all defensive guys, they're just saying, hey, look, you guys just have to be contributors. You don't have to be stars. So that's kind of what I expect about Miles Murphy. I, I don't expect him to put up huge numbers, but I do uh, think he'll contribute. All right, worth a little sprinkle on that plus uh, 3,000. You mentioned Sam Hubbard a couple times. Obviously, highlight of last year, the 98-yard fumble recovery against the Ravens to a touchdown. He says he feels better than ever. He's eyeing, you know, double-digit sacks this year. Sully actually wrote an article saying that he is a dark horse for defensive player of the year. He is 15-1 to 1 right now. How are we feeling about Sam Hubbard? See, I don't think that's crazy. You want to sprinkle on something <laughs> with a Bengals defensive player, take Hubbard. And by the way, that play against the Ravens, that might have been uh, the greatest play in the history of the franchise. I mean, we're talking about a team. They don't have any Super Bowl wins, so you don't you only have a handful of plays to choose from. They had a kickoff return for a touchdown in Super Bowl 23 by Stanford Jennings, but they lost that game. 
so when you're talking about a game-winning 98-yard fumble return touchdown, I mean, I still can't believe that happened. He should win the award just because he did that. But, yeah, Sam Hubbard, you look at what he's done the last two seasons, six and a half sacks in 2022, seven and a half sacks in 2021. He just seems to get better every single year. Now he's going into his sixth year with the team. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he hits double-digit sacks. And, you know, the Bengals defense has been playing well with him contributing six, seven sacks a year. You get him up to double digits, and, man, that makes this defense trouble for opposing offenses. So, yeah, I think Hubbard can absolutely get to 10 sacks. And, you know, it might be tough for him to win defensive player of the year, but it's not completely crazy. So, yes, I would gladly uh, sprinkle a little on the Cincinnati kid winning DPOY. All right. I love that. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking to John Breach about the Cincinnati Bengals. And we get back, we're going to talk Joe Mixon. You're watching Pick 6. Stay tuned. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! All right, back here on Pick 6. Katie Mox here with Breach, and we are talking Bengals. All right, let's talk about Mixon here. Uh, They're trying to restructure his contract. Do you think that – should we be worried that Mixon is not going to play at all this season? I think he will be back. I I think you're getting to the point in the offseason where if you were going to get rid of him, you probably – or ask him to take the pay cut, you probably need to do it in, say, May, so you can maybe get uh, another running back in there uh, just to add some depth. I mean, they've got plenty of guys behind the draft to Chase Brown. They've got Travion Williams. But there are so many veteran running backs out there. I mean, heck, we Ezekiel Elliott went through that whole thing earlier this offseason where he said he wanted to play for three teams, and one of them was the Bengals, uh, which was completely shocking to hear. But there's just so many free agent running backs out there, whether it's Elliott, whether it's Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, where if you're the Bengals, you look at those guys, and these guys are going to be asking probably six to eight to nine million dollars per year. And so you're kind of scratching your head saying, all right, do we want to get rid of Joe Mixon, who completely knows our offense? Uh, yes, he is going to – his cap hit at $9.4 million this year or whatever it is. Or it, it, he's going to make nine point four. His cap hit is twelve point seven, And so it's like if we get rid of him and we sign one of those guys to a $6, 7 $8 million contract, you know, what are we – we're kind of taking a step back. Is it really worth that saving? So – I think that Mixon absolutely ends up playing this year, and I think he ends up being a huge part of their offense like he has been for the past two years. What about Dalvin Cook? I haven't really heard him, any interest at least, um, with the Bengals and him. I know Miami's still one of those top spots for him. What is there a possibility you think that Dalvin Cook could come to Cincinnati? I would put the possibility of them bringing in any of those bigger names, guys that we just mentioned, at about 5%. You know, there is that shock factor oh. of maybe – they do ask Joe Mixon to take a pay cut. Mixon says no way. And uh, but I don't think Dalvin Cook is going to play for less than probably, you know, say eight million dollars. And at that point, the Bengals would be taking a lateral move with someone who doesn't know the offense as well as Mixon. So 
I think Cook ends up with either the Jets or the Dolphins. I know that's where he's been connected to the most, but I don't think he'd end up in Cincinnati. All right, it's Joe Mixon or bust. Um, all right, if we look at the season and some of these future bets breach, Bengals have a very high win total of 11 and a half. That under is juiced to minus 20, 125. They are tied with the Chiefs. Used to be the 49ers, but the 49ers got bumped down to 10 and a half, which I'm still slightly salty about, even though it's a better bet. Uh, can we get over 11 and a half wins in Cincinnati? I will also say total wins in division three and a half with that under juice to minus 170. It is a tough division. How do you, how do you feel about the win totals? Well, I'll start with the division real quick. Uh, you know, it's three and a half because it's not like the Bengals have come in and dominated that division. Yes, they've won it the past two years, but you look at say 2020 Joe Burrow's rookie year, they went one and five in the, the division. Joe Burrow's never mm. beaten the Cleveland Browns. Like this team just struggles oh, wow. with their divisional opponents. That doesn't make any sense. How has Joe Burrow never beaten the Cleveland Browns? Um, <laughs> So it, it does he make you Patrick Mahomes three times, but not the Browns. Like it's yeah, it doesn't make any what? Sense. Yeah, it doesn't. I'm scratching <laughs> my head right now for anyone who's not watching. It doesn't. I'm trying to figure it out. So then you have, uh, you know, and because they show against the Browns, and even when they went to the Super Bowl in 2021, I think they went four and two in the division, and then last season they went three and three. So they've always had. The, the divisional opponents have played them the toughest. I don't know that it's because those are the teams that have figured out. Not figured them out, but they just know what the Bengals are going to do. Uh, so I would probably take the over, but I'd be a little uncomfortable. I'd actually be more comfortable taking the over with their regular season win total. Okay. I just I look at the schedule, and you said it's eleven and a half, right? Eleven and a half. So uh, twelve and five gets you the over, and so that yeah. means the Bengals would have to lose six games for this to go under. And if this team stays healthy, I just have a hard time seeing them lose six games. And I really think if they start 2-0, and because they open up against the Browns and the Ravens, and as we just said, they've struggled against divisional opponents. If they start off 2-0, and there is no way that under is hitting. So uh, I like the over here just because th there's so many winnable games. I don't see six teams that they can lose to on their schedule. Well, when you look at this division, um, and we have the uh, the odds up on the screen here, they're the favorite, plus 125. you got the Baltimore Ravens underneath them, plus 275. The Ravens got better, I would say. Cleveland Browns, depending on how you look at the Deshaun Watson situation, they probably got better. I mean, at least they have him for a full season. And then you can never really count out the Steelers. Now, I do know you and I are on the same page with – taking the Bengals to win the Super Bowl at plus a thousand. I just love those odds. And I definitely think that those are going to change later. But I also said I would take this division to be one to win the Super Bowl. Who do you think is their biggest competition in the AFC North? Yeah, that is where we had our mind meld, Katie, when we had showed up on our best bets. And that was going to be my best bet. And I had to switch real quick because you <laughs> said it first, which is an AFC North team to win Super Bowl. Yeah, I love that. I think – the dark horse to me here, and maybe the best value would be the Browns. I just think that their roster is so solid from top to bottom. And honestly, I think they're the biggest threat to the Bengals because you're talking about a team, it, it literally all hinges on Deshaun Watson. I mean, if this if Deshaun Watson from 2020 shows up, the Browns could go 13-4. and four. But if Deshaun Watson looks like he looked last season – then we're talking about another year where Browns fans are giving up on the season by mid-year. And, you know, we saw obviously what the Browns did last year 
going seven and ten and, and Watson going three and three. So you just don't know what you're going to get from Watson. So that's obviously the gamble of the gamble. That's the risk here. Um, I don't think, you know, I think the Steelers can get to the playoffs. I don't think they can win the division. Uh, you know, we saw them go nine and eight last year. And obviously Baltimore is definitely a threat. Lamar Jackson, you give him another weapon with Odell Beckham. Uh, but if I had to pick based on value, I'd probably go with the Browns. But if I just went with my head and my heart and for, throw the value out the window, I'm rolling with Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, a plus 125, the fact that they've won the last couple of years, I like that bet as well. All right, we talked about Joe Burrow. We talked a little bit about Mixon. Um, let's talk about this trio of receivers, really one of the best in the league. you got Jamar Chase, his uh, regular season receiving yards, 1,305. Then you got T. Higgins. He's just over 1,000, 1,000 and a half. And then you look at Tyler Boyd. He's 625 and a half. How do we feel about the production for these three guys? Uh, I would just slam the overs for all of them. It is, it, I, I mean, I cannot see a situation where they're not all giving up, getting solid production here. I mean, you look at what they did last season. I mean, we're talking about uh, Jamar Chase missed five games and still went over a thousand yards. Uh, you yeah. know, and obviously you yeah. just mentioned that T, T Higgins went over a thousand. If Jamar Chase plays the whole season, I mean, he's probably getting up over fifteen or sixteen hundred, and so I think he'll have another big year. And then was there was Tyler Boyd's over under uh, six twenty five and a half? Yes. Okay. So six twenty five, and so I, that one's a little dicier because he put up I think uh, seven sixty two last season, but that was with Jamar Chase missing five games, yeah. where you know you kind of bump up from being the number three guy uh, to the number two guy, and you're getting a few more targets. Um, but again, I am taking the, I think Higgins is going to have a huge year. I mean, it's a contract year for him. If he doesn't get that extension yeah. before the start of the season, then he knows that the Bengals are going to have to tag him next March, uh, or he's going to get a huge extension by then. So, I mean, he is going to be somebody who has Joe Burrow throwing him the ball in a prolific offense with that edge of having a contract coming up. So I think Higgins will have a huge year. Chase will have a huge year. And you know what? I'm confident in those two overs. Tyler Boyd, not so much, but I'd still take the over. Okay, taking the over on all three. We're just we're a bunch of overs here on the Bengals uh, podcast today, which I actually don't disagree with any of these, and I'm not even a Bengals fan. So, Breach, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Stay tuned for more All 32 with daily drops of the podcast in your feed and on YouTube, and make sure you like, comment, subscribe on this, and we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>